Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Welcome back to episode 15, everyone. I'm excited because today we're going to be focusing on the theme of actually creating results and managing daily alignment. And what I mean by focusing on results is today I get to actually interview one of our clients, uh, somebody we work with at the city of Seattle. Her name's Adrienne Easter. And she talks a lot today about how the systems that we implemented help her drive change and improve engagement. Because at the end of the day, you cannot change what you cannot see. So I'm excited to share this interview with you and I hope you get a lot of insight from it. Here we go. All right. Well, I'm sitting here with Adrienne Easter and I'm excited for this interview. Why don't you just tell us more about who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, Thank you for having me. Um, My name is Adrienne Easter and I manage the homeless investment contracts for the city of Seattle. Um, The contracts that are in the city of Seattle human services department, so the homeless services contracts. We have a team of 13 people, soon to be 14 people, and we have um, a little over 150, it really ranges depending on um, the work that's happening, but between 150 to 200 contracts depending on the year. That's a ton of work. So we first met, because you make it sound like, well, that what we're doing is executing contracts, but this is about really the front end of um, supporting the investments here in the city of Seattle and everything that's going on. When we met, it was an interesting time because you were just in, uh, almost in the middle of your contract season, am I right? We were in the very middle of it and I went kicking and screaming to you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we have two kind of big bodies of work that we do. We have our, we have contracts that run throughout the year through different um, dollars, but the majority of our contracts are January 1st through December 31st contracts. So we have a big January 1 contracting season as we refer to it here. And so we have a, lar- a long and really labor intensive contract routing season. And then we shift into the middle of the year, a monitoring season. So um, we have to monitor all those contracts. So those are our two big bodies of work. And so we, we're introduced to visual boards right in the middle of contract season when we had already like created our process, we were in the middle of it, and then we were essentially mandated, you must do visual boards. And so that is how visual boards came to be. Totally, so like two things I think people should understand. One is um, when you're in this contract season, like you said, you're, you're going, you guys are like, it's not even like, oh, this is 50% of our time, this is 110% of everyone's time, Just busy creating. And then two, just for folks um, to make sure there's a connection here. So one of the things that we introduced was visual management and a piece of it is visual boards. And the um, program that folks might be familiar with are the four disciplines of daily management where we make the work visible, make it move, uh, make the obstacles visible. So those are the the visual aspects of the work. And then finally, how do you bring people together to um, continuously align? And those are the huddles, which you'll probably talk about as well. Yeah. So um, last piece of context for folks. So I jumped in in the middle of all this, which was not the best yes. timing. And I think, um, you know, I spoke with you and other leaders um, at in the organizational level who were managing teams. And the feedback originally was, wouldn't this have been great before we started? But we got going nonetheless. 
Um, there was a target around performance you all were shooting for, I think. Yeah. Can you remind me what that was? So we had, um, we had originally been 100% of the contracts, and that still is the target that we want with risk management to have 100% of the contracts started by January 1st. And the reason for that is that we want to have the contracts executed while we're doing the work. But um, traditionally, it had really lapsed into January contracts being contracted all the way through April. And so you're still in April contracting January 1st contracts, which puts the city at risk and the agent agency at risk. So I think that year we had 80% of January 1st contracts needed to be executed by January 1st. Got it. That's and right. I think that we had the previous year been at 16%. One six. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that was a big jump. It's a huge jump. So that was really important because I know when I came on board, timing aside, um, the two biggest things that were important for us were not just to try to get a better result, but I think one of the things I heard from the teams was, can we um, use these four disciplines, use visuality to understand where the system is breaking down? Because I think folks had a pretty good idea, but I feel like there was some misalignment between what some of um, some folks were seeing maybe in leadership or other teams and what other folks were seeing because there wasn't one person seeing everything across, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I think that um, that's definitely one of the big impacts that it had, and we can talk about that too today. But um, we, as we, as in the people that were doing the contracts in multiple units, were identifying pinch points and areas where we were bottlenecking, and we had tried to um, relay that information in multiple ways to leadership and. Um, ask for different capacity, different structure, and we could never present our case in a way where people that were not in contracting day to day could grasp it and make it those, and help us drive those changes. So we never got there. The visual boards, I think one of the biggest impacts for the visual boards that first year was that people saw the, the work, they saw the volume of work visually, and it was like, whoa, look at all these contracts or whoa, look at all these amendments for the year previous while you're contracting. It's like, yes, this is what we've been saying the whole time. And so it definitely, for people that don't do the work every day, they were able to see it immediately on the boards. I think your point's super well taken because I don't know how many times I've worked with leaders or teams and they'll talk about what's happening. They'll show data to talk about what's happening. Um, they'll bring leaders down and try to show them, but a lot of the work that I feel like teams engage in today is invisible. Yes. So it's yes. really difficult to see. So creating this proxy, which we're going to get into, which is how do you visually manage the work? Mm -hmm. um, it it just it just gives you a different way to to show it, right? Like folks can literally see the number of contracts, and it's not a number. I think you guys use stickies, and mm -hmm. um, so it's just it's compelling in a different kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And it was that way for me too, for my own team. I didn't even see the capacity of especially certain team members were taking on more work than others. Um, there were equity issues. There was so much invisible work that I didn't even understand the capacity of my own team. And so then I'm asking someone to do something and not recognizing how much work they have because it was so invis invisible. And so that's helped both with contracting and monitoring. So that's a great point. There's a lot of hidden work and I think folks can relate to that. So maybe you can tell us what the process, what what working together was like before you engaged in some of this visual management? 
Yes, so we have, again, two bodies of work, the contracting and the monitoring. And the contracting is where we did our first visual board. So before we had um, a contract routing board, we had over 150 contracts. Um, at the time, I think we had eight, we're now at 11 grants and contract specialists writing contracts, but we had, I think, eight at the time. And we were not meeting our deadlines. So we were not meeting our January 1st deadline. Um, we were at our last contract year previous to the visual boards at 16% of our contracts executed on time. And um, we also, like, the, the process was murky. Like, there was no, we had an overview process of how to route a contract, but some people were doing it one way, some people were doing it the other way, and you couldn't, like, there, you couldn't really see the process, so people didn't, like, there were some people that were just more effective at it than others, and that was missed. We also had this Excel spreadsheet that we were trying to create. We had a contract log, and it was an Excel spreadsheet. No one filled it out. There was maybe two people that filled it out. So it never got filled out. We were always harassing people, fill out the spreadsheet. We never checked it. We would just forget that it existed. And um, there were a lot of issues that everyone was having the same issue come up, but we didn't know that because people were siloed in their own work, like they were buried in their own version of their contract routing. So a lot of the same issues, people were having those same issues, but they weren't working together because nobody knew that everyone else was having that same issue. And um, I had no idea the volume of work and just like the intricacies of the routing itself. And then we have a contract compliance team that we route to. and. We were constantly calling them and emailing like, where are our contracts? And just bothering them every step of the way trying to track our contracts moving through the routing process. And um, what it really ended up being was that we were missing our deadlines and we weren't, being, we weren't holding ourselves accountable. So there was no accountability. I couldn't hold the team accountable, we couldn't hold ourselves accountable, and we were missing our deadlines. That's super interesting. I think there's, there's a ton right there to tease out. But I, we talk about like four management breakdowns that show up for teams. One is that people can't see the work, that they can't see it move. Um, oftentimes they can't see issues fast enough um, or they're popping up and then um, by the time they get addressed, they're bigger. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is no one owns the process, which yes. is I think where you just ended, yes. right? Which is interesting. So, but what most folks do then is what you just described. They, uh, at best, get people together, maybe in a room or in a committee, they maybe map out what the process is supposed to be and it gets mapped out. Maybe it's um, in a visual flow, maybe it's in a standard operating procedure and then they go to work. Mm -hmm. And what gets missed is that the process like you just described is really dynamic. Like it's just constantly yeah. changing. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a way to make the process speak yeah. to you. Yeah. So what did you all do and what difference did it make? So again, I went kicking and screaming to the visual board and now <laughs> if anyone can see outside of my office, it's all visual boards. Um, so... And I should say, so what I'll try to do is post a link to some of the okay. pictures yeah. so that folks can maybe take a look. Yeah, and right now we're in our monitoring phase, so we have our monitoring board up, but, but we just took down the contract routing board. So we um, met with you and figured out, I think part of what worked is the team had to really identify what would be most beneficial. And I definitely um, could have identified the steps 
and then I think I would have identified it wrong. And I think I actually did that with the monitoring board, and we can speak about that. But um, the team developed it, and we got it up on the wall, and we actually started using it, and then we tweaked it a little bit more. And so that's one thing I would say with visual boards is they are flexible. Like, you can fail at a visual board and just do another visual board. So um, we finally got it where we wanted it, and it was amazing. It was amazing in so many ways. One, it was just amazing to see all of our contracts on a wall. Like to see, we do it where we have basically columns of our full routing process. So our contract visual board, the columns are essentially the full routing of the contracts from our team through finance, through the contract compliance to execution. And then each grants and contract specialist and that's each team member that holds a body of contracts and they hold about 15 to 25 contracts depending on the funding and the type of contract. They have their contracts on sticky notes, um, color coded, so everyone has a color and they put it on their monitoring board under their name. And then we identified federal contracts with a green dot identifying that these are a little bit more complex and have a little bit more to them contractually and um, then we also identified contracts that were like new contracts um, or contracts with issues with a red dot I think if I'm remembering this correctly and then we had a red string that identified where we were supposed to be in our timeline so you could really see who how many contracts people had how many contracts the team had and where people were individually having bottlenecks where they were at like heavy capacity and they needed to not be bothered and also you could see people sharing the work so um, for example we had an agency that multiple it's, they have multiple contracts so they have multiple grants and contract specialists because there's too many for one person to hold and if there's an there, like there would be an issue that would pop up with them and you could see this agency like all these contracts in this one column stuck because this agency essentially was stuck. So you're able to identify issues that are happening across the team with an agency. You're able to identify accountability issues with one team member who is either stuck or behind. And you're able to see between like where we're holding up the process on our team, where there's a finance bottleneck, where there's a contract compliance bottleneck, or just issues in the whole routing process. That, I'm, I know you're, you're probably mid-thought, but I think that's interesting because when I listened to you, a couple things just started to emerge. One is, um, and one of the things we talk about is, this isn't about um, managers or leaders creating some kind of dashboard and giving it to their team. You had the team create it. Even though you, you probably could have started with something, it, I think it increased the engagement because folks were um, a part of creating what the difference was gonna be. And it's interesting because you didn't replace some of their individual tracking, like if folks had maybe their own Excel sheet or their own tick sheet. This was something different. This was up one level, so to speak, for the team to be able to see um, some things different. And I'm just curious, because you just you were, you were just describing that. Um, because I would imagine there were some people in the room who were thinking, I do my own work. Why do I need to see what everyone else is doing? What difference will it make? Yeah, I think a lot of people were thinking that. And again, you know, I had my reservations and um, as well, it just seemed like extra work. But I think that 
the team, the, the t team identifying what they want out of the board was critical. We, for every board, we still do that. And then we have a follow-up session after the board so that we can see what we need to change or what worked and what didn't work. Everyone still has their own individual system that they use to track their own contracts. We still have an Excel spreadsheet contract log. We don't use it for routing purposes. We purely use the visual board for that. What we now use it for is people need to like a list of our contracts or a list of contacts. So it became a really like static list that people use that we just email out. But we really stopped using it as a, any sort of like routing process. We are solely dependent on the visual board when it comes to our routing process. We do have like leadership. Um, our division director will ask us like where contracts are, the ones that are not routed, that are late, and we just use the visual board to create a list for her. Um, and so we still have, you know, people still have lists, but the the team is centered around the visual board. And then how we use it is that we meet twice a week around our visual board. So we meet every Monday and Thursday at 11 o'clock for a stand-up or a huddle. And um, we have incorporated the rest of our floor. So our um, planning unit is also um, joins us sometimes. We have leadership join us. So it's a really one of those, it's an open huddle. Anyone can pop in. We have people that ask to bring information to the huddle. But the, the piece that really works around the contract visual board is we also have a watcher board attached to it. And so with the huddles, we stand around the visual board. The board really guides what the conversation is going to be. So we have kind of our accountability of this is where we need to be with our red string. So I'll even start like, let's talk about what's behind the string, like what's going on here. Or you'll see a pattern immediately on the board and like, what's this pattern board about? But every standup, which lasts about 15 minutes, um, we check in, what do we have for the watcher board? And this is like the critical piece that has changed our lives because this was where I could not see the issues that people were struggling with or they would bring it to me and I couldn't really, I didn't have context for what it was. And so now it's just like, we quickly identify issues because we're just all standing around the work looking at it and it just prompts people. And so we'll just be like, oh, well, this is a routing issue. I don't know who's in charge of this or this is something that's happening with this agency or, oh, I need that template changed. I can't do my contract before that template is changed. And so on the, the washer board, we identify the issue, what we need to happen, who is accountable and when it's due. and then. We have an escalation column, so if it's overdue, it turns red, we mark it red and say pending in red, and then if we need to, we escalate it. So every huddle, we check in on that watcher board um, in tandem with the contract visual board, and that really drives the work. It's interesting because everything you're describing as I listen to you, who's familiar with it, but I still listen to you, I'm like, oh, that sounds complex, but you're it's able to- It's so easy. It's, and you get all this done, and so, I know sometimes folks also hear, because I, I remember um, someone early, as being someone early in my career having to go to these meetings. So the huddle is a stand-up meeting, and um, it would be long, drawn out, 15 minutes. Yes, 15, yeah. 10 to 15 minutes. We have um, had to reconnect to our 10 to 15 minute huddle. Mm -hmm. um, 
the one thing that we learned is never put a table anywhere near your visual boards. <laughs> so we just had our floor redone last year and they brought this giant table and the team likes to sit around this table for meetings and stuff. We started sitting for the visual boards. It totally changed the dynamic. Yeah. It extended it. And so instead of just like identifying issues and then putting them in the watcher board, we'd be identifying issues. I'd be putting them in the watcher board standing while the team was sitting. And then we would start venting about the issues. And so I actually have had to like recommit the team to, we had like a conversation about like, this is the purpose of the standups and we need to stand up and be in front of the board and not sit because it was becoming this thing where you really need to keep it quick. And it becomes very just like so habitual. Like we're in such a habit for our standups now. The board is so easy to use because that was my first concern. I was like, this seems like a ton of work. And it is like just these quick moments in time during the week, and it's been so easy. That's awesome. So there's so much to be able to dig into, and I would say like, when, as I listen, the biggest places to lift up is there are at least two visuals that you focus on. One begins to show the process, in this case, like how are contracts flowing, and then the second visual are showing the issues. And the reason that's important is because for your team, it was important to be able to show the pace so our folks staying on pace, which I think was a, a part of connecting to your target. But um, with that, what you were showing, are, so there, we talk about these time killers, is you're showing how much work in process there is. Mm -hmm. You're showing yeah. where the dependencies are. I think I'm hearing you begin to describe how your team was moving from maybe reactive or um, dealing with issues in a way that was hidden to the rest of the team or to you um, to more proactive. Yes. Um, and then with the issue board, which is called the watcher board, um, you're beginning to show some of the unplanned work that mm -hmm. is just always hidden. It, yeah. it just always is. And so you're visualizing um, what issue resolutions look like, which I think is really powerful. Um, and also any work that might end up becoming neglected. So all of that is showing up. And that's part of like what makes work so dynamic and why just having a process flow isn't strong enough to deal with um, what comes at us every single day. Um, sucks the capacity. So um, I'm just curious, you've done all this work, we'll provide a link so folks can see some pictures and, and be able to connect with what you're describing. Um, how has this shifted either your leadership, um, the, the teamwork, uh, maybe what results did you all get? How else are you applying this? I'm asking four questions here. <laughs> well, um, for me, because I have um, a relatively large team, at least for our structure, um, our unit is pretty large. and. So it's really freed up um, everybody's time to really address what the issue is immediately and to be able to see the work and speak to the work um, quickly. I think that you know what you said about it really identified like capacity issues and we were able to get support. And so this last contracting season has been our best contracting season just for the whole department. And part of that was finally people were able to see that we were really, uh, like these were really issues for us and they were able to address those issues. And so for the last contracting season, we went from 16% to in the 80s um, as far as completion in our um, execution. I think one eight, of the- Eight zero. Eight zero, eight. yeah. That's crazy. Um, so I think that, um, and also it just, you know, it, it helps you drive towards goals. Like you really know where to push. So for me as a manager, 
It's not just about like, before all I could say was, we have to meet this contract deadline, we have to meet this contract deadline, but there was nothing I could really push for. But now you can take really small milestones and push through them. Um, where we are on the board and we just say like, look at this, let's get this section jump to this column. And I think that that really showed itself in the monitoring board. So, um, and we're using that right now. Um, that has made a total, that's probably been the biggest impact, even more so than contract routing, which seems crazy. But um, I want to hear about that. I, I, I know you're breaking your trade of thought, but I think that's interesting because so many folks, they do what you just said, they'll try to manage the results. Yeah. We need to hit target, we need to work harder. Guys, tell me what you need, right? Like there's all these different ways that we manage the results and what I think I'm hearing you say because you're able to visualize it and move it is you're managing the process now. Yeah, which is absolutely. Totally it's okay. totally different. It's absolutely different. And we're also, we have been, multiple people have been using visual boards that we're connected to in our process. And so we can stop, we were also bothering their work essentially. We were trying to get our work done by st and by stalling out their work because we were constantly like checking in on our work and um, that was impacting other people's work. They're trying to do their section and we're just like con calling them, emailing them, where's our work? And so the contract compliance has a visual board that is like a couple of columns of our board essentially on another visual board. And so now we just go to that board and we can see where our columns are in terms of contracts. We know exactly where they are. Um, there was completely hidden work that isn't in our um, contract management electronic system, our amendments that's on that visual board that nobody saw except for people that were doing the amendments. And so we've really been able to um, affect not only our own um, unit, but we've been able to improve and really stop bothering other units and use their visual boards in tandem with our visual boards. It's interesting that you're sharing that because I, in, in case anyone missed that, those are like, so two separate units. So mm -hmm. what you're creating is you're moving knowledge that was in the head mm -hmm. that maybe you had to communicate through. So stuff might've been hidden. If it was gonna surface, it was gonna come through phone calls, yeah. emails, texts. They would probably happen in the middle of a meeting. What's going on with such mm -hmm. and such, right? Um, when things might have you know reached a certain point. And now you've put the knowledge in the world in, in a way your boards are talking to each other. Yeah, I guess is what I'm absolutely. Hearing. And it's just yeah. showing where things are in process. Yeah, and we have five contract units. So, and we have one person that really is overseeing contract compliance and then there's a team. And so if you think about, you know, 50 people calling or emailing this person about where their contract was, that's gonna completely stall out your work. And so now it's just right there. We know exactly where it is. We know what order it's in, because that was another thing like, where's my contract in line? Is it number 14, is it number 18? Why is it stalled out? And so we know where our contract is, how many are in front of it. If there's an issue, there's columns where there's issues like this person doesn't have insurance, so we can't move it forward unless there's insurance. And we also know how many times they've sent it back for edits. So now we're accountable for our edits because they have check marks for every time they've edited it, sent it back for corrections, and then it has to come back through an edit. So I can hold my team accountable like, hey, we're slowing down this process right here because we have three check marks on a contract. So we should real-time data collection, yeah, yeah, basically. Without having yeah. to run reports, you just see it. Yeah, and so we totally have these two boards working together and it's amazing. So, um, so tell me this, because oftentimes folks will come, they get excited, um, and 
somebody might be listening to you and thinking, uh, well, how do I apply this? Because you've been able to take, the, I always say this, the principles say easy, they kind of do hard sometimes, because you have to learn your way into what the right visual is for you. And I think earlier you already described, like there's no visual police that's gonna tell you no. you can't do this or that. Um, and once you have it, right, because we always say either these time killers are managing you or you're managing them, so the time killers being too much work in process, um, unknown dependencies, neglected work, conflicting priorities, um, but you found a way to manage them, and now you're able to apply this visual management in these four disciplines, not just in one process, but across your work, right? Yeah, I really am like, I have to be contained in my visual boards, I love them so much. <laughs> so um, we have had a visual board that totally failed, um, <clears throat> we tried after the contract routing, I was just like, wow, this is insane. Um, and so we tried to do it for our invoices because we have to finalize invoices. So we have monthly invoices for all our contracts, but at the end of December, we're trying to get, in the beginning of January, we're trying to get our final invoices in so finance can close out their process. And that falls also at the same time as contract time. And so we really wanted to see if we could put that final closeout on a visual board and um, really drive that work. And it did not work. Like it was just what we were trying to track didn't really work out. It wasn't helpful. It was just super wonky. And it kind of was more work than the payoff. And so we're like, okay, we don't need to use that board. And we, got, we were getting what we needed to get done. So the board wasn't adding anything. And it wasn't a huge issue. What we realized after was this really isn't a huge pinch point for us. We're actually doing okay with this. And so it's not, we may re, you know, readdress that at some time if we have an issue with that. But what we did decide was, hey, the big issue that we have is monitoring. We are required to monitor our contracts every year, once a year. And we were completely um, failing at that. So we, um, we had no process. We created a contract monitoring log, again, Excel spreadsheet, totally hidden. Nobody wanted to use it. Um, the th areas that we needed, we needed to schedule our monitoring. And so we were really trying to do this between spring and fall so that we would be done with monitoring and then move into contracting without any monitoring. And that was the goal. So do it in a specific time frame, <clears throat> and then have it all done and we had, we get audits every year and the auditors were finding that, you know, we had missing contracts that weren't monitored. And so this was HSD wide, we were really driving to a clean audit, 100% monitoring. Um, so the issues we were having is scheduling. We needed to get all of the um, monitoring scheduled. We needed to send a letter 30 days after the closeout of the monitoring and then we had action items if people had action items in the letters that were 45 days post letter. And none of that was, it was all invisible. And so we tried a couple of years of the contract, or of the, yeah, the contract monitoring log where we would have columns, essentially a visual board and an Excel spreadsheet. No one would put their stuff in the columns. We didn't really use it. We would try and like print it out and sit around as a team and use it. And we just like got nowhere. So I was like, all right, let's do a monitoring board. We, we did a contract board, let's do a monitoring board. And so the team, we, it took us like two tries to design something that actually worked. I think we even got something on the wall and we're like, yeah, no, that's not working and had to redesign it and repost it. But what we ended up doing is we have most of our contracts 
are like 25 agencies. They share a lot of contracts. They have multiple contracts. And then we have some contracts that are just one-offs. This agency has one contract. They're small contracts. So we have two monitoring boards, one for our single contracts and one for our big agencies that have a dozen contracts. Some have six, some have 12. And because it, it was not as you know, we wanted to try and think of how we created the contract visual board and we're like, oh, we have to kind of group this differently. And so what we realized is we put names, we put the agencies instead of the grants and contract specialist names in the first column. And then we attach the um, contracts that way. And so then we see, oh, there's four people that have this agency as contracts, but this person has the most post-its. So this person's gonna be lead, the lead for that agency and work on all the scheduling. And so that way we have like streamlined our scheduling. Our agency is not getting 16 calls about monitoring and they can group their visits. And so sometimes that works for the agency based on how they're structured and sometimes it doesn't. And so that lead person makes that decision. They gather all the grants and contract specialists with that agency. They check in with the agency. Do you want one visit for all these contracts? Do you wanna break it up? And so that immediately was huge. We're like, oh my God, we've just streamlined how we approach monitoring. And then for the first time I could see who was scheduling monitoring and who was just like putting it off, putting it off. And so this was like a huge accountability thing for me as a manager, really holding the team accountable because I was not being accountable to monitoring. And also like, I think that people kind of dread monitoring. It feels a little bit punitive. It feels like overwhelming to coordinate all of it. And there's a lot of kind of invisible follow-up you have to do. And so I think that this kind of shifted us where I could hold people accountable to, to scheduling. So that's like one hump. We've streamlined the process. Now we've got them scheduled and we can drive to certain deadlines. So we want everything scheduled by May. We want everything physically monitored by August, we want all the letters done by October. And so we've got our little red string and we just go through the columns and drive our timeline. And then you could actually see who was doing letters. Because I think we had like eight letters. I mean, it was so little how many letters that we had. And the letters need to be on file for the auditor. And we had like some letters in files electronically, some on paper, and so now, our admin also ties into this visual board. And so we have, we're gonna do all the letters by this day. You can see who has the letters written. We have dates on the post-its so we can track back and we know who's thir past 30 days so we can track timelines. And then um, we have an administrator on the team who really kind of tracks all of that timeline um, work and then coordinates ensuring that everything that's on the visual board is also in an electronic file. And so we have all the letters in one place and we can match it to the board. That's crazy, there's so much here. And I think, um, I wish that this could be live and folks could come and see. I know, I know, I wanna just like take people through visual boards. If I could, if I could just kind of sum so much of what you said. So when you tried this for invoicing, what's interesting is what you found is that when there isn't clear purpose or pain, mm -hmm. then sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? Yeah. And also there's no intention because a lot of the visual boards are supposed to manage a process 
and trigger um, action, mm -hmm. and it wasn't there for you, and so you learned it kind of the hard way. And what you found, um, there was definitely some issues with contracting that you wanted to work on, and with monitoring there were issues, and one of the issues that was intentional was being able to see scheduling, which I think made a difference. So now you could see pace. And what's fascinating about managing the process that I'm hearing you talk about is, um, rather than having to meet and talk about how will we address you know, some of the issues, you're seeing issues real time, you're trending them, which means you got data real time, and you're building continuous improvement into the process, yeah. which is different. Yeah. Very cool. So there's so much there. I guess as we finish, I'd love to just find out from you if, if slash when folks would engage in this. Um, and some folks out there are probably engaging in this now and maybe need a reboot. Um, what would you share as lessons learned? What is it that you think folks need to know uh, to either move forward or know if they're going to engage in this? Um, I would th say that lessons learned for us is, one, there's no perfect time to start a visual board. So just start it. I think that we are really nervous about starting in the middle of a process, and it was totally fine. Um, just start a visual board. And also, it is like it does not need to be fancy. We have paper on a wall with post-its. Someone is drawing the board. It is not like we have some fancy permanent board and you know fancy markers or anything. Tear it off the wall if it is not working and redo it. So I think for us, it was like, don't be afraid to fail. Just jump in and do it. And you can start in the middle of something. You don't have to be like, oh, we can't do our visual board until the next time around and then we'll maybe try it. Um, I think the other thing about visual boards is remember that not everybody loves visual boards as much as you. And <laughs> <laughs> because I have learned that I really respond to visual boards. Um, and so we definitely use them. They are like the center of our team in terms of our work. But we also, what happened was we became really operational and um, got very, very engaged in the visual boards and our stand-ups and kind of let our team meetings, like our longer team scheduled monthly meetings fall to the wayside. And the staff really pushed back on that. They really needed time. And so we started getting a lot of like narrative, like emotional things coming out of our stand-ups. And it's like, why are we talking about these things in our stand-ups? And so we have come back to really making sure that we are scheduling two long meetings per month for our team, one that's very structured with an agenda and one that is very open and fluid and people can kind of talk about whatever they want to talk about to balance styles so that people have an outlet for that and so that we can just focus the visual boards and the stand-up on the actual operation of the board and quick things and not have other pe the other styles and needs come into that stand-up so that we're meeting everyone's needs. So that was a big thing for um, us. I think that um, we just, again, like had this moment where we had invisible work and you know it was like, oh yeah, we have a work plan. We checked in on our yearly work plan in quarter one and we're like, oh God, I remember that was on our work plan. I totally forgot about that. And so we're like, let's throw this up on a visual board. And so now we have our third kind of big work that we visual board, which is our work plan. And we um, went upstairs and to another floor of another unit and saw kind of 
what they do and we took some best practices from that and just created our own work plan and already we've identified we have this training piece where everyone needs to get these certain trainings and we identified as we are looking in the work plan and going through our work plan that we don't have a system or like a clear process for how people sign up for trainings and that has been a, a roadblock so people are like not signing up for trainings because there's no process for how to sign up for trainings we just were like we would never know we're just like you have to have this many trainings on the work plan and so we basically have like done in progress completed notes and then we have highlighted in red pain points on the work plan that we're identifying just by standing around the work plan and it just makes our whole year planning current like we're currently staying in front of it at all times and so aware of it instead of like November going oh my god there's like six things we were supposed to do this year and we haven't done them we need to get them done right now so I you know it really was like there's like you can do a lot of different it doesn't have to be like a routing thing or something to do a visual board it really can be any sort of kind of invisible work or areas where you're missing pieces or you're just not present with the team and so for us it's really about just jumping in and trying things being willing to change our boards making sure that we're closing out the boards with the team so we're always getting input from the team at the end of the board and making sure we like know what next year so I wasn't even in the this year's monitoring board this team discussion when they were designing the board I had no idea what was gonna go up on the wall and I was fine with that because if the team is using it and so the team designs it they know what they need to do best and so I'm really open to just like whatever you guys need let's just get it up there and start using it and then the watcher board the watcher board has been a critical piece you really need some some sideboard that can you can write down issues and have visible who's accountable and deadlines so that those issues stay present and I go out every day and just like look at the watcher board and check like I have my own system for what I need to do in my office and then I always am like oh check that watcher board and I go out and check the watcher board and cross off any stuff that I have to do I love it there's there's so many lessons learned. I know. <laughs> but I heard people first, so make sure that you're really addressing team's need. Be in act. You said it differently, but be in action, be in action. Just be in action, because I think folks will think about it and maybe uh, balk, you know, and be quick and crude with things. Focus on the process. So don't just show numbers. Show the process and how things are moving and show the issues, because mm -hmm. they, they're totally linked. And last but not least, refine, refine, because what's different about this, and and... I think process improvement is really important, but most of us think about improving the process. And what you all are doing with these four disciplines in visual management is you're um, improving how you manage the work, which is different because your processes are somewhat unstructured. Mm -hmm. um, what I mean by that is they look a little different every time they show up. And so when you have a standard repeatable process, you can create some standard operating procedure for that. But when your work is unstructured, you need to manage how the work gets done, and that's what I'm hearing you say. It, yeah. it just is different, so yeah. keep improving. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for taking time today. And um, I'll make sure that links are up, and um, I would hope that you know at some point folks get a chance to come see what you all are doing and learn from Yes, you. we love to tour people with our visual boards, and we have many pictures of multiple boards. Awesome. One more to come. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was it, episode 15. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, I'm excited to have brought it to you today. And um, tons of takeaways from it. 
much too many to be able to pull out right here just on the fly. But again, I just know that all of you have a bend to make a difference in this world and become who you're meant to be. And what we end up finding ourselves doing is making things work instead of making a difference. And that's not what I want for you. So keep coming back. I'm excited about the show. I'm excited about what we have next week. We're going to interview somebody else. And um, I'll talk to you guys next week.